if your body always goes in one direction, give it the experience of going in the opposite direction. So if we're always rounded forward, does your body even know what it feels like to lift up and extend? Welcome to Appalachian Startup, stories of new ideas that eventually became thriving businesses in areas that most would consider a bad investment. I am J.D. Belcher, and I started this podcast because I took the same path as a lot of these folks. I'm a former coal miner, and now I make films through my own production company called JJN Multimedia. I wanted to hear others speak of their journey to not only give new beginners hope, but to help me grow as a fellow entrepreneur. Angie Corwin is a movement specialist in Oak Hill, West Virginia, who decided to dive in building her dream with Activated Body. What started as a concept of simply how to help people move quickly became a full-service studio opening their doors for the first time during the current pandemic of 2020. Hear her words about the benefits of movement in our lives and why she took the entrepreneurial leap here in West Virginia. Oh yeah, you'll also learn some basics on how to fix that crick in your neck from looking down at your phones. Enjoy. Activated Body is a Pilates studio. But Activated Body is more than a Pilates studio. I actually started the business in 2019 when I moved here, and I am a movement specialist. So the idea was I wanted to work with people and help them learn how to move better so that they could move more. And so I have an array of training, and I basically use all of my skills and techniques with a client, with every single client, whether I'm teaching a private or a semi-private or even a class, I will incorporate all of my movement therapy type work and Pilates into a session. And so Activated Body was this idea, this concept of how do I help people move better? And it's evolved since I started it. And now I have a full-blown, full-service Pilates studio with a door that you could walk in and a website and a scheduling program. And so now it became a full service situation. That's awesome. So where did you learn all this stuff? Well, that's a good question. So let's start with Pilates because Pilates is my foundation. I had a low back injury back in 2010, I believe it was. And um, had this kind of pain that ran down my leg and The Dr. Google said it was sciatica, and I was like, okay, I've got sciatica. Okay, what do we do for sciatica? And nothing for sciatica really made a difference. So I started going to doctors, because that's what you do when you can't heal yourself. And I had a few doctors say, okay, here's what we can do. Why don't you go try Pilates class as well? And I was like, what does Pilates have anything to do with my low back and my injury and my pain? And I had more than one of the doctors tell me to go. And I was like, all right, I better check this thing out. So I started Pilates within, I would say within three months or so, my pain that I had was subsiding significantly. Of course, I was also going to some doctors, but there was this stability and the strength that I was gaining through Pilates. And I didn't even know that I didn't have it. I was a rock climber and a runner and totally outdoorsy. And I thought I was a strong human being. And here I was gaining something new from Pilates. So yes, long answer to your question, because 
what happened was I needed to experience it in my own body and in my own life before I took the next level and decided that I wanted to learn to become a Pilates teacher. So I did my first Pilates training in 2016 and I learned how to teach mat Pilates, which is um, you don't need any equipment. It's just you and a mat and you learn what Pilates is without any fancy contraptions. And I was, I had no idea. I was completely blown away. My whole, I was the student who asked too many questions and couldn't get enough and finished my homework early because I was very, very excited about the body. And because I'd had all those years doing my own Pilates practice, I was able to say, I was able to relate what I was learning in the class to what I had experienced in my body. So Pilates is my foundation. I went on to do a full Pilates training and uh, became a nationally certified Pilates teacher. And so that's my highest uh, certification that I hold. And it's um, it's what I run and, and my base, my foundation of my business. Awesome. So, and I'm very green in this, so excuse me, but yeah. is a, what is a Pilates? Is it Pilates <laughs> singular? Yeah. What's Pilates No, it's a good plural? question. It's a fantastic question. So Joseph Pilates with an S is a person. And so the word Pilates, the name of the, of the movement practice is based off of him. Ah. He had a cool story and he developed this movement practice. He called it Contrology. And um, it was to help people become healthier and move better. He was a prisoner of war and he was in an internment camp and he was helping the other prisoners stay healthy while they were there. So the Pilates Reformer, which is this fancy apparatus, it looks crazy, but it's super amazing when you get to experience it. Um, it has these spring system that is used in order to um, give the resistance for the exercises. Sometimes the springs help and sometimes the springs make it harder. And so he developed this whole contraption with people who laid in a bed and couldn't get up and move. He would attach springs and random things that gave resistance around the, the camp that he was in. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the first beginning of his apparatus. Wow. So Pilates is a name. Pilates a name. doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, Pilates doesn't exist. Okay. Because no. I yeah. was thinking, okay, this exercise is one Pilates. Yeah. This is the other. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 So um, along with Pilates, what else does uh, uh, Activated Body offer when yeah. it comes to training or anything like that? Yes. So I am also trained in a technique called Anatomy in Motion. This is a we can call it a therapeutic technique, but I like to think of it as restoring movement. So when we get injured or have lifestyle choices like jobs that put our bodies into particular movement patterns over a long period of time, the body adapts. And sometimes it adapts and it's fine. Everybody goes along forever and nothing nothing changes. Everybody can do what they want. Other times we find ourselves in pain. So you hear a lot of people talk about low back pain. I always have, I've had this low grade, low back pain for years, or I have this knee. I'm probably just getting older and I have this knee problem. We Everybody gets knee problems when they get older or, oh, I have this shoulder and it's been there for a long time. Yeah, it kind of bothers me, but I still do what I want to do, right? Well, sometimes those n- niggles, they call them, also create 
problems in someone's life. Like they can't do the things that they love to do anymore. And so I can use the anatomy and motion technique to find the movement patterns that the body no longer has access to and reintroduce those movement patterns back into the body. So sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes it's one repetition and that person can go on and have a new movement pattern. But most of the time it takes a while because these pains that people have didn't happen overnight. A lot of times they didn't happen overnight. So I kind of think of it like we have to be a um, be an explorer. We have to identify or we have to find the foundational cause of somebody's pain. And it may not be the area that actually hurts today. And the anatomy and motion technique allows me to go on that journey to find the movements that the body no longer has access to. Very cool. Um, so uh, what's your background? Like, how did you end up here in Oak Hill and, and, you know, wanted to, you know, pursue your dreams and start this business? Yes. I kind of love this question <laughs> because I'm from California. I'm from Northern California, and my background is in public health. I worked in the nutrition and food systems world for the last 10 years before I changed my career and moved. So in my world, in my life, I was feeling stagnant. I had been working in the same career for about 10 years, and I really loved what I did. I felt like my whole purpose was worthwhile and valuable. And yet at the same time, I worked so hard and just didn't see the change happening in front of my eyes. And so it's kind of I just felt like I didn't want the work that I was doing to go away, but I felt like I wanted to be more fulfilled in my everyday job. So I went on a journey of myself to find out what to do next. And I liked nutrition, so I actually went down the nutrition world first. I took my first college class to become a registered dietitian, and I was like, this is just going to take me so long. And I just felt discouraged. So I didn't go there. Then I was going to go into nutrition holistic. And I was like, oh, I just, it just didn't fit. And then I did the Pilates training and I decided that I was so engaged with the material that I felt like it was a good direction to follow. So that's, so I did my full training. I decided that I wanted to leave California. I wanted a few things. I wanted to live in a smaller community. I'm from a big city and I've always lived in big cities. And I was like, well, what would it be like to live in a smaller community? I wanted to live in a community that valued outdoors like I valued the outdoors. And so, and that kind of takes away certain areas that I could move. So I went on my, I literally went on a journey. I went on a road trip and I, to go find my new home. And I looked at Colorado and Wyoming and um, Utah. Those are the states. And I'd already been to Arizona and Oregon. So I was just looking on the West Coast to like find out where I was going to live. Oh, the other piece is rock climbing. I'm mm -hmm. a rock climber. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Perfect. I had to have, I literally was like, if I'm going to leave California in my city that I live in, rock climbing has to be 30 minutes from my door, period. So that was a hard like line I drew in the sand. Wasn't going to settle for anything else. Right. I'm getting older and I just want to keep rock climbing. And if you're going to own a business and change your life, it's like, this is the, 
it's good to make those goals. It's good to have those goals and stick to them. Oh, so that's yeah. what I did. And you just described exactly Fayette County. Like, okay, everything. Yeah, it's I perfect. Know, right? Uh, so, and I, I imagine having that nutrition background, though, it brings a lot to what you do now. Yes. As, you know, because I think, obviously, nutrition is very important, too. How do you incorporate that into what you do? Or do you at all? Is it just a Pilates class and you don't really worry about it? And if someone has a question, you'll answer it. That's actually really... That's a wonderful question because um, with my background in nutrition and food behaviors, I will also say that I definitely specialize in how to incorporate wellness into your life and make it sustainable. So I've created a program called Whole New Me in 30, and I've run it in this county twice now, and I plan on doing it in the future because it goes over so well. So I am not a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, so I cannot tell you, you should eat this food and not that food. It's not appropriate, and it's not my scope of practice. So what I do is I use Whole30, which is just a program that's out there. Um, it's already decided by doctors and research that the food program is sound and they have their own deal going. So I guide people through a Whole30 program. And I like that particular program because it teaches you how to read labels and it teaches you to figure out what's in the food that you're eating. It's not a weight loss program and it's not about... It's not, it's sustainable long-term because the way that they're, they want you to eat the, the food program that they recommend is something that you can go to our grocery store here, Kroger or Walmart, and buy. You don't need to buy supplements or fancy foods. You don't need to weigh and measure anything. So I personally like the message that Whole30 gives. So so my wellness program that I run, Whole New Me in 30, we follow Whole30 together for 30 days. And then we each week we get together, we discuss a different wellness topic, one of them being exercise, since I also specialize in that. But then when it comes to wellness and health and even getting fit and being in shape, food and exercise are actually a small percentage of the picture. So we talk about rest or relaxation. We talk about sleep and we talk about other ways and other techniques that somebody could improve their health and wellness on a daily basis. Well, I usually go in those four topics though, food, exercise, rest, and sleep. So I start there as a framework and um, give people recommendations that have worked for me and that I'm also continuing to explore in my own life. So I pretty much use myself as my own Petri dish because I think it's really interesting. There's so many wellness recommendations out there. It's like, I don't know, where do you go? Which one do you do first? I will do them all and it's overwhelming. So I run this program to give people support to try things out with the support of other people and myself as well. So you mentioned uh, training to you train folks to be a teacher. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I have a Pilates teacher training happening in January. So this is a really exciting opportunity. I told you about how getting into a Pilates teacher training impacted me and pretty much changed the whole trajectory of the next part of my life. But what I would like to do is offer something similar to people here. This training can be 
a new skill set, a vocational training. You could become a Pilates teacher. You could become a nationally certified Pilates teacher if that was your goal. Or you could learn just to teach Pilates and maybe you work in my studio or at a studio where you live. So this Pilates teacher training is six months. We meet one weekend per month for six months. So then there's a good amount of time in between each meeting where you can go and do reading and study and practice. It's quite a commitment because this can train you for a whole new career. And it starts January 15th, so the middle of January. And then there is a set of materials for you to read. There's a whole set of hours for you to practice doing Pilates, practice teaching Pilates, and then observing Pilates being taught. So it really sets you up to become a well-rounded, solid Pilates teacher. Awesome. What kind of experience do you have to have? You don't have to have any experience, actually. People usually won't sign up with it to sign up for training like this if they aren't kind of interested or have been a mover. Most people are at least active in their own bodies, but you don't have to have any additional or previous training in fitness or movement. I didn't. When I started my training, I had done Pilates for a lot of years, but I had never, I had, I worked at a desk most of my life. So, and I became successful. So I know other people can too. Sure. And uh, is it, is there a testing process or different phases of the training? Yeah, there's definitely going to be a test out. You can test out with me at the end of my training, and that will give you what we call a studio certification. The studio certification will allow you to work in my studio and then other studios, like say, for example, you don't live nearby and you want to do this training anyway. I have it set up one weekend a month so that other people who don't live right here in Fayette County are able to come take the training. So, but um, a studio cert will allow you to work in a studio that accepts it, but my training will set you up to take the nationally certification, national certify, certifying exam. Yeah. So then that's a choice though. That's, that's beyond me. I'll set you up, give you the training and put you in the right direction. And if you want to go and get the national certification, then you'll be pretty much ready for it. So, and I've heard of the whole 30 diet. Um, what is it exactly? Just so I'll know, what's a, a simple definition of it? Sure. So, um, I like the word food program over diet only because the word diet is kind of like a fad. It's like a a diet, you're on it or you're off of it. Whole30, the way that I run the program is there's no wagon to be on or off. You learn food behaviors, you try them out, and if they don't work for you, you can let them go. And for example... um, Let's say you do Whole30, which is no sugar, so to answer your question, no sugar, no grains, no um, particular oils, vegetable oils, um, processed oils, no packaged foods that have a lot of ingredients in them. And actually, if you follow a lot of their guidelines, you really can't buy the packaged foods anyway, because it'll contain one of the ingredients that we're not supposed to have on the program. It actually takes out beans and legumes. 
beans are legumes because um, they're a lot of digestive upset for people. And dairy. Did I say dairy? Yeah. And so vegetables, what's allowed? Vegetables, fruits, meats, high quality meats. They do recommend, you know, if you're going to choose meats to choose some high quality ones, which we have some amazing resources here in Fayette County, by the way, Mm -hmm. for meat and produce. Yeah, pretty amazing. Really lucky. And um, eggs, you're allowed to have eggs. And I'm probably missing a few things. Um, but anyway, that's is that, that kind of basic? Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a, a guide map to lead you through and around processed foods. Yes. And, and so it's not that's necessarily. That's really what it is, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's like, and then the way that I run it is not, I mean, they, Whole30 likes to be strict. Like if you're in the 30 days and you mess up or whatever, you're supposed to start over. I'm a lot more gentle with this. To me, food and wellness is a journey and it's a spectrum. Sometimes you have to go overboard to find out that that didn't work really well. And I think that that is a learning journey that's valuable. So I run it in a let's let's try this on a day-by-day basis. And then we're going to add in exercise. And then we're going to add in going to bed on time. We're going to add in turning off your cell phone 90 minutes before bed so you don't look at the screen and you don't have the stimulation in your brain. We are going to try intermittent fasting, if that's interesting to you, which is eating your food within a 8 to 12-hour window. And people have a lot of different definitions about that. But let's just try these things out and maybe they work for you and maybe they don't. Right. And I know I'm not really get, getting into business model yet, but do you meditate? That's a good question. I love this question right now because I have a very interesting relationship with meditation. Um, yes and no. <laughs> so I have gone all of the different spectrums of meditation. Um, I find sitting down and turning off my the lights or my brain and any of it to be very challenging. So I avoid meditation. But here's the thing, and this wellness journey whole topic that we're talking about. I find sitting with my own thoughts to be uncomfortable because I have so much going on in my brain. So I have to choose activities that are like meditation, but that are different. So rock climbing, for instance, for me, I get to turn my brain off. I get to turn off the my to-do list and all of the things that cause me stress and just focus on what's in front of me. So to me, that's a moving meditation. I do my own Pilates practice and I work with my breath, inhale to do this move and exhale to do that move and feel the different parts of my body move with breath, that to me feels like a meditation. I get the same value out of it as opposed to just sitting down with eyes closed, whatever the kind of typical people believe of meditation. That to me, I find that I avoid and avoid and don't like very much. Right, right. And that, yeah, that's that's awesome. It's like video editing with me. I just sit down and I can think about that one thing right. and just lose myself in it. Yeah. Do you free solo? No. Okay. No. Good. A boulder, which, you know, you just don't go as high and you have your pad underneath you. Um, and actually, but no, nothing free solo. Good deal. I haven't, yeah, which I'm not a climber. I haven't climbed anything. 
Uh, but I was just curious. Um, so, okay, as as far as the business goes, um, when did you officially open up your doors down the road? Okay, here in the doors down the road, June first. I started Activated Body January twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So you didn't. Uh, um, you can kind of see a little difference as when you first started to the pandemic. I'm just curious, like how's the pandemic affected uh, uh, a business like yours? Okay, so. I want to answer, I want to start, um, the pandemic was actually very pivotal for me and my business in a positive way. So before the pandemic, I ran my business out of other people's businesses. So I worked at other, in other studios and saw my clients there and marketed through them. And even though I had my own business structure, I ran my business out of their houses. And I always felt like I couldn't do this forever, that it was limiting me, that I didn't have all the equipment that I wanted, but I didn't know what to do about it because I needed to make money. And so the pandemic hit. And after the initial, oh my goodness, I haven't made a dollar in like two months, that was very challenging emotionally. Um, I got to have the time and the space to relook at my business structure. And I've come out of that experience knowing that working in other people's businesses was going to hold me back forever. That I either needed to put both feet in or I needed to find something else. And it encouraged me to look at opening my own studio. I had already opened an office, but I was afraid of the money and all the things that went with it. During the pandemic, it gave me the space to dive deep within me to figure out that that's what I really wanted, and it stopped being scary. And all of a sudden, I was like, well, I need a space then. I need a real space, not an office. I need a space where I can have Pilates reformers and fuse ladders and Pilates chairs and other equipment and a space where I can have mat classes. I just had the vision And I did put up a vision board. I cut out pictures from magazines and printed them out and put them up on my wall. Nice. (laughs) So how important is that, though, to have that visual, you know, kind of like an affirmation? Mm -hmm. Uh, How important is it to stay motivated? To me, it's imperative. Um, When you ask me if I like to meditate, it's very interesting because when I give myself the space which would be like a meditation type experience, magic happens. Things become clearer. So the pandemic and the shutdown after the initial emotional freakout was basically a long-term meditation practice. I was able to get so clear on what I wanted that it literally fell into my lap. When I decided I needed a new space, I found it within a week. I signed a lease the next week. I moved in two weeks later. It happened immediately. I went to go buy my scheduling program and they had a deal the week that I went to go buy it. So I got a discount on it. Um, I needed a new website and had a friend who had time because of the pandemic who looked over my website and gave me recommendations, things like that. Like it just fell into place so easily. And I think it's like when I moved out here, I knew what I wanted. I knew I needed a few different things. And I 
was super clear on it and it fell into my lap. When I chose to move out here, it happened so easily for me. And I, so yeah, I actually think that that vision and getting really clear helps me not, helps me not question the decision-making process. Right. And did you see a jolt like when you decided like, well, I'm going to stop and take the leap and, you know, dedicate 100% of my time to building this? Did you see, you know, growth pretty quick after doing that? Yeah. So I think, um, I think other people might be able to relate to this, but during that June time period, we were opening back up. That was when um, we had the open package that each week a few more things were able to open. And there was a real excitement and energy in the community. And my first month, I saw quite a bit of action and engagement and communication with clients and got a few new people that were interested in trying me out. Um, and that was that was really exciting and encouraging. Mm-hmm. What has the response been so far? Like, do you have a, a steady client base mm-hmm. or, or yeah. how does that work? So I'm going to answer that in two ways. Um, one other value of the pandemic, the shutdown, was the virtual world. So um, I think I was probably hesitant to take my business online before the pandemic, because I didn't know if I could teach people fitness and movement therapy work online. I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if it would be as valuable. And then when the shutdown happened, we were pretty much forced into it. And I have been blown away at how effective it is. I teach virtual Matt Pilates classes and they are just as good as in person, maybe better because I have had to get better at cueing since I can't go over and put my hand on you and move a body part and say, can you lift your rib cage up? I have to get really good at giving the cues to guide you into the movement. So I'm really enjoying it. The therapeutic work that I do. Again, I wasn't sure if that was going to work well, but the um, anatomy in motion people, they gave us some training in early on in the shutdown to help us be more comfortable seeing clients virtually. And that was imperative. That was incredibly valuable. Right. So cueing, is it just learning on how to be very descriptive or? Yeah, right. So instead of just, I want your arm to lift well, what kind of, what quality is that? Do, if I say lift your arm, some people are going to lift it straight up in the sky. Some are going to take it out to the side. Some of them who have shoulder pain are just going to lift like half their arm. So I need to be very descriptive of what does this arm lift look like? Do I want your rib cage to go with the arm movement or stay forward? Do I want your head and your gaze to look at your fingers as they reach up to the sky? Or do I want your gaze to look forward? word as you do. And that all those little nuances changes the position of the body and the structures. And so that's been, that's been fun, actually. It's been, I think it's a skill building that I, that was unanticipated, unanticipated, but incredibly valuable. I really enjoyed it. How many different positions are there? Oh man. I don't know if there's an answer to that. A lot. (laughs) Tons. So I want to answer your other question. So you said, you asked me how, if I have a steady client base and I wanted to say virtual, I wanted to talk about the virtual because that is a big part of my business. This pandemic isn't going away 
tomorrow. And even when the vaccines start to come out, we're not really sure how that's going to play out in the community. And so virtual is a big part of my business now. And that is something that helps me be consistent because say you are nervous about coming in and seeing me in person, you have an option to still get your movement needs met and it can be virtual. I have clients that now will see me um, in person and if say they're going to, um, they need to quarantine or something because they're going to go visit somebody next week, then they see me virtual that, that week leading up to their trip or vice versa. They go on a trip. So then our sessions after they come back are virtual and then we'll go back into in person when their quarantine is over. So it has actually made my business a little bit more consistent because people don't have to skip weeks because either of the pandemic or traveling or whatever, anything. Um, yeah. So it's all about adapting. It's all right about now. adapting. And I'm. it's very interesting. This pandemic has been very hard in so many ways. And this has been a silver lining, a good part that's come out of it for me. Right. What type of physical ailments specifically, if someone is having uh, that could find benefits with uh, with Pilates? Okay. With Pilates in particular. Um, and we can do this two ways. Yeah. Like if you want to do Pilates specific and then, you know, with your services in general. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good question because there is multiple. Like, like sometimes I have people who come in and they want Pilates because it seems more, they understand it better. I might recommend, I actually think you might need some therapeutic work first, some restorative movement first and or I'll mix the two. Let's do some restorative movements and also some strengthening Pilates work. Pilates is a posture-based movement practice, so it helps a lot of posture issues. So a lot of our life where we sit in a chair rounded forward, we're looking at a phone or reading a book or driving the car. There's this rounded upper back, shoulders are forward, shoulder blades are forward. This whole kind of body position, Pilates will help with that in every single person. I personally find standing balance work to be very important for all populations, especially the ones who are going into the aging years, because falling is a big concern. A lot of elderly people, if they fall and they go into the hospital, that can be very challenging in their life and some, some make it, some don't even make it out of that situation. So I start off everybody with balance work. I start off all my sessions standing. It's very energetic. And we work on how to use the legs that we all have. It's our free piece of exercise equipment that we carry around with us every single day, walking. But I want people to walk well so then they can keep walking more. Makes sense. Um, so uh, how did you figure out what this costs? Like, you, you know, well, my time costs, you know, $45 an hour or whatever it is. Like, how did you come up with those metrics to build a business model? Okay, so that is a hard one because I come from an area where things do cost more. So it was uh, when I got here, I did put out my prices and they were more expensive than they are now because they were less expensive than what I could charge in California. 
And emotionally, I was like, well, this is what I, I'm worth. This is what I can do. So there is definitely this balance between what I'm worth and what people can pay. That price point seemed to be a little high and it pushed people off from my services. Plus, they didn't know me. The words Pilates and anatomy and motion were unfamiliar. So what I did was I did a survey of other people in the wellness world from Beckley, Charleston and here. And I just went on their websites and I made a list of what the service was, how long the service was and how much it costs. And I came to the numbers that I have now pretty much based on what everyone else in the area is also charging. So um, it's a it's a challenging question because we all want to be paid top dollar for our services, but we also want it to be accessible for the clients. And me in particular, I just don't want money to be the reason people don't go get help for their for their body ailments or or even just I want to exercise and move more. I don't want money to be that limiting factor and I need to be paid and I need to make a living and I need to pay the rent on my studio and all that stuff. So it is a challenging thing to do. Sure. Well, and in a community like this, I would say it's like any market. It's essentially you're starting a newer market and people aren't exactly informed. And and as that continues to grow, so does the supply and demand grow. Right. And, right. and it's the whole thing. Yeah, no, that's a really, yeah, it's a good point. Um, one of the values of this community and one reason what, that helped me make the decision to move here was that what I have to offer isn't here already. So it's not, I don't, it's not that I didn't want competition. It's that I can bring something new and valuable to this community. I, this is what I can offer. And I, and I really enjoy being able to educate people on movement and wellness in my style. I'm not the only one who does what I do here, but what I have to offer is different. Sure. My, my techniques, my style. Understandable. Have you seen, you know, even since June, have you seen uh, what kind of response have you seen from people in the community that have have ventured out and, and acquired your services? Well, very positive, actually. And it's really encouraging and brings a smile to my face and drives me actually to keep doing this every single day. I'm very excited because uh, the response has been really positive. I am able to work with people and they feel the value in their bodies and then they tell me and then it makes me very excited to keep going and keep doing more. Um, you know, there's when it comes to your body and wellness, it's very personal. It's nobody likes to be told you should do this, go do this, this and this, you know, here's your list. Oh, you're not well, go do a thing, you know? So I try really hard to just meet people where they're at. When you walk in my door, I don't really, there's no judgment. Be you and I will meet you where you're at. And I have gotten some great feedback that that attitude helps people feel pretty comfortable being in my space. Yeah, that's great. And being in the space, how have how has the actual practice of in-studio work uh, been transformed since COVID-19 happened? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, 
I technically offer in-person classes. It's limited numbers, but people aren't coming to the classes. And that's fine, totally fine, because I do all of my classes virtually. So you could come in studio or join virtually. And people are choosing to do it virtually, even if they live here. And that's that's very acceptable. You don't need equipment to do the classes. When you do the private or semi-private or even the restorative work, the max number of people that are going to be in the studio is three. It's easy to be socially distanced, and we all wear masks now, and that's the state law. So you have masks and you're six feet or more apart. And I'm there, and I'm walking around, moving around, and very conscious of not really being in someone's space, in personal space. So um, nobody has said that they don't feel comfortable in the space. And I've tried really hard to follow all of the guidelines, the CDC guidelines for cleaning solutions and clean cleaning practices. Like I have microfiber cloth instead of a cotton cloth because microfiber is decided that it picks up more particles. It has more surface area and it's better for this. You know, that kind of thing. I do. I try to do it all. Sure. Do different sessions have different lengths? Like what's the typical class? How long? About an hour. Yeah. And if it goes longer, it's because I've talked too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, about an hour for everything. One, a class is an hour. We do the warm up, the exercise and the cool down all in one hour. And same with the private and the semi-private, even the therapeutic um, sessions. The only difference with the therapeutic sessions are um, it doesn't feel like an exercise or a workout necessarily. You'll come in and we do the the anatomy and motion technique, and um, you'll leave with homework to do outside of a session. And I give you resources to make sure that you don't forget what the homework is, um, that kind of a thing. Very cool. Um, and is the schedule flexible? Like, are you open, you know, five days a week or only in the evenings or mornings? Yeah. Or the classes have a set schedule, Monday and Thursday at noon and 7 p.m. And then the other, the private and semi-private classes, we just put our schedules together and make it work. I don't usually work on Saturday or Sunday, but I have been known to do a Saturday morning session if that's you know the best option for somebody. Very cool. And this is a late question, but how did you come up with the name? Oh, yeah. So... It took me a while. Coming up with a name is very hard. It's very personal. I have to live with this name for a long time. Um, The word activate is energetic. It's growth. It's forward momentum. And I wanted to use that word. And so I worked on all kinds of variations with it. But I, I like what I came up with, activated body, because it means that that when you come into my business and receive my services, take a Pilates class, whatever, you have been activated. Your body is ready to meet the world. My logo is a abstract version of a sunrise. The sun is food for plants. It creates growth and it helps them thrive. So to me, activate and the sun and this forward growth movement trajectory is what inspired me the most. And I just continue to stand behind that value 
um, in every every service that I do. Awesome. The uh, and one thing you said that stood out was you know looking at your phone. I've noticed like when I do look at my phone more, which is pretty regularly, um, more than I want. But uh, there, you know, you do get I get a pain in my neck. Yeah. And it feels like I'm hunched over. Yeah. Is there anything you can tell someone out there like, hey, if you are having phone problems, do this every day. Or is it more of a, you have to, you know, be in the training and figure out the exact technique? I mean, if there was like a blanket recommendation, it's if your body always goes in one direction, give it the experience of going in the opposite direction. So if we're always rounded forward, does your body even know what it feels like to lift up and extend? And that is the... That's that recommendation, anything, any of it, the restorative movement technique. If your body can't go right, I'm going to take it left and right. You should be able to do both. Makes sense. Uh, Well, great. What kind of, and wrapping up, what kind of qualities uh, do you think someone has to have, especially you coming from, you know, California to to here, uh, to start a business in Appalachia? And to have, you know, or even to find resources or whatever, what kind of qualities does someone need to uh, be able to do that here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you the the part that I have had to dig deep and find my own footing is the emotional acceptance that the money isn't regular. Some months I make more money than others. And that it's okay. <laughs> it's going to work out. I think having a vision, a clear picture is really important. We already talked about that. That helps me to know that I'm on the right track. I also have a very clear mission and vision. I did do the whole write it down kind of a thing, but I knew what it was before I put it on paper. So we've talked about, I've said it a few times that My mission is to bring people joy in their life by improving their movement quality so they can increase their movement quantity. That's that drives me every day. Every decision that I make, I run that through my mission as an equation, right? As an equation, like, is this going to help me bring people more joy in their in their lives? through wellness, through movement, through improving what's happening in their life. Angie, I admire your ability to adapt to our current environment, and I really enjoyed our conversation. We're glad to have you here in West Virginia, and I wish you the best of luck moving forward. To find out more about Activated Body, you can visit their studio on Main Street East in Oak Hill. You can also find them on Facebook and by visiting activated-body.com. Appalachian Startup is a bi-weekly podcast, so be sure to check back for more stories of entrepreneurship. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and support the show by grabbing a sticker from our online store at appalachianstartup.com. Review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. We are on Patreon. You can support the show there and allow us to showcase more businesses in Appalachia. Stay tuned for more stories of underdogs on the rise.